Hello and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks, everybody, with me, your host, Aaron Mashbitz, aka Jackson Stone. And before I get into the meat and bones of this episode, which this is episode 130 of the podcast of Jackson Talks, everybody, I want to update y'all real quick before I get into the subject matter for today's episode. So today is December 1st, 2022. When you listen to this, it'll be either on December 30th, which is when the episode drops, or after that. And so yesterday, on the last day of November, um, Spotify wrapped for podcasters data came out. And it's so cool to be able to reflect and appreciate the journey of this podcast. And so according to my numbers from Spotify wrapped, which don't take in um, numbers from Apple Podcasts or from YouTube, which many people listen to the podcast or watch the podcast on those two platforms, but just taking the data from Spotify, my streams went up like 250%. I, Jackson Talks Everybody was in the top 5% globally for podcasts shared. So that's just a testament to you guys for following me on this journey. Thank you for your time, energy, effort, and attention. This podcast is extremely important to me. As you may know, if you've uh, been a listener or a watcher for a long time, if you're brand new to the podcast, this is gonna be an excellent episode. Just stick with me or fast forward a little bit to get to the meat and bones. But I just want to show my appreciation and gratitude for those who have been with me on this journey since uh, episode one. And so there's some, there's been some twists and turns, some restarts, some pivots on this podcast. And in 2022, I decided that Jackson Talks Everybody was gonna be an extremely important endeavor of mine. The aim was to be as consistent as possible with this podcast and I will have released a total of, I think it's 53 episodes in the year of 2022. Normally I take December off. I'm not doing that this year because I wanna keep the momentum rolling. And also normally I just do one episode every single Tuesday, but I'm enhancing that. As some of you may know, I do an exclusive episode on Patreon once a month. So that's an additional episode that you can get not going to be posted anywhere else except for on Patreon that only costs you $5 a month and you get some other perks with that but you get an exclusive episode of Jackson Talks Everybody through there so hit the link in the show notes and go check out Patreon for one episode and then every other Tuesday that releases on the first or second Monday of the month and then every other Tuesday will be a episode of Jackson Talks with a guest and then on the third week of the month on a Friday, I'll release another episode, which will be a solo episode of me diving into one specific topic that I'm really, really thinking about throughout the month, planning, prepping, and then releasing that episode on a Friday. So you have a Patreon episode um, once a month, you have four episodes with a guest and one solo episode. So we're ramping up Jackson Talks Everybody to six episodes every single month 
that will probably ramp up to seven and eventually that will ramp up to eight and eight will kind of be somewhere between six and eight episodes will be our our sweet spot um, for this podcast again not taking December off because you're listening to this episode it does really this is the last episode that will be released in 2022 this is a one of those solo episodes Friday episodes one where I'm doing two episodes a week and so this is the last episode of the year um, and then we'll just keep the ball rolling moving into January trying to get bigger guests better guests not better that's not the right word all of my guests have been fantastic I love everyone who's come on the show who shared their story their brilliance their insight their wisdom I love 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 having conversations uninterrupted conversations with amazing people with brilliant beautiful stories that I could learn from and share and that I can share my experience and what I've learned and my wisdom with you guys on this journey together. And so here's to an amazing 2022 that we had on this podcast. Here's to more streams, more plays, more downloads, more listens, cooler, different, interesting guests that we can bring on, deep dive into, into topics on these solo episodes. Um, a bigger community on Patreon 2023, all of that stuff. So thank you. I very much appreciate you. Um, your support, your energy, your time does not go unnoticed. I know it takes a lot of time to listen to a podcast, to download it, to do whatever, to share it with a friend, to send out a link, to think about the pod, to ask questions, to do all of these things, whether it's Spotify, Apple, YouTube, it's all very much appreciated. I see you. And I'm going to continue working and grinding just as hard for you to produce the best content, the best conversations that I can. And I think today is one of those conversations. And again, I'm trying not to, I'm aiming, excuse me, I'm aiming not to shy away from some difficult topics on this podcast. And I get things wrong all the time. I make mistakes, I'm trying to learn out loud, I'm trying to fail publicly so that I can learn and grow and change and <clears throat> give other people permission to do the same on their own journeys. I'm trying to live through my values, live through my personal philosophy, always aiming at my MTP and having these sorts of difficult conversations with you is important to me because Basically what I'm trying to do with these solo episodes is take some things that I've learned, I've researched, I've thought about, I've been kind of constructing in my mind and then try and formulate some thoughts about it while I talk to you. So I'm actually like trying to think through it while I talk to you and figure out sort of where I might stand or what is my best position at this point. And then through your comments and your questions and putting it out in the public space, seeing what people have to say about it, and then reformulating my opinion from there and potentially doing a, a back end episode or a second episode or a follow up episode to continue enhance my view and opinion and uh, place on whatever subject matter I talk about. And so I wanted to preface this sort of conversation with that topic. Um, and I'm talking about a very specific um, sort of nuanced, complicated subject today. And I'm not the be all end all expert. I'm not a doctor. I am not, I don't have a master's degree. I have a bachelor's degree. Uh, I'm just the guy who reads a lot, who listens a lot, who understands a lot, who's done a lot, who's experienced a lot. And I try to formulate my opinion the best I can. Um, 
while thinking about compassion and care and kindness for others. If you're a frequent listener to this podcast, you know that I love talking about mental health and I own a mental health nonprofit and mental health and the question, how are you, is the root and the theme and the foundation of this podcast. We try to build everything from there about having these sorts of types of conversations and really mental health, right, is how you think, feel and act. So it encompasses your everyday and many things that we encounter in our environment, social, political, financial, deeply impact our mental health. And so it's all intertwined. And so that's why I feel inclined to sort of speak about these things. And I don't like to put out random tweets or Instagram posts or short videos about these complicated subjects. I like to sit down, think about where I'm at and present the information the best I can so that if someone does have a counter argument, an opinion, uh, feedback, a pushback, that we can have a dialogue from that because that's really all that I care about is having a dialogue about it, especially in complicated subjects, especially when people's lives are on the line and at stake, which is pretty much everything that's hard. Um, we have to be able to sit down and do this in a very calm, respectful, sort of negotiating type of way. And so I'm gonna talk about these ideas of inclusion and fairness with trans athletes, specifically, specifically in elite sport, elite sport. So I'm not talking about youth sports, recreational sports. I'm talking about high level elite sports, elite, best of the best elite sports. And I feel like I have a place to talk about this because I played division one baseball, which very few baseball players make it to division one baseball at South Dakota State University. It was all conference, all American. And so I played at an elite level in terms of my baseball career. And then I became a professional wrestler at a very elite level. That's like the intersection of entertainment and athletics and fighting and all this stuff. And so I have a background as a professional athlete, a high level athlete, and now I coach youth sports. And I talk about this stuff a lot on this podcast and I do a lot of speaking engagements and workshops at universities with athletes, with businesses about mental health and well-being. And, and so with that sort of background and just being someone who listens and learns and cares about people and tries to be compassionate and understanding and kind and see people's perspective, this is one thing that I want to talk about. So again, it's only I'm only referring to elite sports. So like division one and up, Olympics, division one, um, professional sports, right? Those are your elite platforms. And this is sort of where the conversation about inclusion and fairness um, go head to head, right? That's really, the, that's really the conversation, inclusion and fairness with a little bit of safety thrown in there, right? Inclusion and fairness and safety is the conversation we're having when talking about trans athletes in elite sport. So I think we have to define some terms. I think everyone knows what these terms mean, but inclusion, right? It's just the art of including, a state of being included, right? The act or practice of including students um, with disabilities within the general population, right? That's just like an example of inclusion, right? So we're including, the act of including, the state of being included is inclusion. Right, so just so you have that term figured out. 
And then fairness, right? The quality or state of being fair. Fair and impartial treatment, lack of favoritism towards one side or the other, right? So just fairness. So inclusion and fairness, inclusion and fairness with a nugget of safety thrown in on the top. So now you know what those means. I'm gonna kind of read some PubMed articles um, and I'm gonna go into sort of what I think to be true. Um, but what I think to be true is based on sort of the, the literature, the scientific research, the back biological data, the evolutionary data, and things of that nature. <clears throat> and then from sort of like a personal purview, I'll, I'll let you in on some of that. And so, <clears throat> the first article I, I want to I want to kind of read here is that inclusion is central. Inclusion is central to a progressive society. However, inclusion could potentially conflict with fairness in cases concerning transgender athletes in elite sport. Accepting science, which is very important, accepting science regarding male and female physiology suggests that trans women have an advantage over their cisgendered counterparts. This, is, this advantage stems from relatively high testosterone levels and prior male physiology of trans women. Conversely, trans men who wish to compete in men's division may be disadvantaged in comparison with cis men. Hence, while inclusion supports trans women and trans men competing in the division that matches their gender identity, this may not satisfy the principle of fairness. We reason that trans women and cis men are not only advantaged, but unfairly advantaged and propose that the gender binary in elite sport be replaced with a nuanced algorithm that accounts for both physiological and social parameters. As the algorithm would be applied to all athletes, it would be both inclusive and fair. And so that's just an article from PubMed talking about some of these key points, right? Talking about some of these key points, this male physiology, testosterone, some of these things that play a part, right? We can. When thinking about inclusion, we can't disregard science. We can't disregard facts. We can't disregard any of those things. Those have to be held uh, in regard with the conversation that we're trying to happen. And so when thinking about a trans woman entering um, biological women's sports, we have to think about who they were when they uh, hit puberty. They were men when they hit puberty and so they're different biologically and physiology and uh, physiologically excuse me than the women they are competing against so is that fair no and so inclusion is extremely important but isn't fairness also extremely important and isn't the safety of the athletes extremely important because you think about these very physical and violent sports rugby um, <clears throat> hockey, MMA, right? Soccer has some physicality to it as well, right? Uh, all of these sports, basketball, okay? All of these sports have a physical aspect to it. Some a little more dangerous than others. Like uh, obviously rugby and MMA are extremely dangerous. And so you're putting the safety of the athletes on the line when allowing a trans woman to compete against a cis woman, right? Because they grew up a male, they have the biology and the physiology of a male, they hit puberty as a male, 
which means they have all those things, even if they're on puberty blockers and hormone blockers, they still have the advantage of that. And so that's not to say one is right and one is wrong, right? I'm just giving you some sort of context into how you can formulate your own opinion on this subject because we don't have a, there's just not enough, um, what's the data on trans athletes and when they transitioned, uh, if they went through puberty or not, how they have, how the, their testosterone levels um, increased during performance, whether they're trans women, trans men, and when they're in elite sport. There's just not enough data to really like pinpoint something exactly. But what's important when thinking about some of these these subjects and trans athletes in elite sport, obviously inclusion and fairness is sort of the, the argument and the debate, but you have to think about the real facts of the situation and thinking about the fairness and safety of the athletes. <clears throat> and so you have to accept science in that regard. <clears throat> so here's another PubMed uh, article, the abstract from that article. <clears throat> the inclusion of elite trans women athletes in sport is controversial. Um, the recent International Olympic Committee 2015 guidelines allowed trans women to compete in the women's division if their, their testosterone is held below uh, 10. This is significantly higher than that of cis women. Science demonstrates that high testosterone and other male physiology provides a performance advantage in sport, suggesting that trans women retain some of that advantage. To determine whether the advantage is unfair necessitates an ethical analysis of the principles of inclusion and fairness, an ethical analysis. Particularly important is whether the advantage held by trans women is a tolerable or intolerable unfairness. We conclude that the advantage to trans women afforded by the IOC guidelines is the IOC is the International Olympic Committee. The IOC guidelines is an intolerable unfairness. This does not mean that trans women should be excluded from elite sport, but they have the existing male female categories in sport should be abandoned in favor of a more nuanced approach satisfying both inclusion and fairness. So that's what that article says, right? But we're thinking about, again, these ideas of, I wanna, I wanna read the next one because it goes right into play. <clears throat> the inclusion of trans women into elite female sport has been brought into question recently with the world rugby banning trans women from elite female competition, aiming to prioritize safety over fairness and inclusion, citing the size, force, and power-producing advantages conferred to trans women, right? This makes sense. Rugby is a very dangerous physical sport. The same question is being asked of all Olympic sports, including non-contact sports such as archery and shooting. As both these Olympic sports are the polar opposites to the contact sport of rugby in terms of the need to consider the safety of the athletes, the if of both archery and shooting should be consider should consider the other elements when dealing with the integration of trans individuals in their sports studies on non-athletic trans women have reported muscle mass and strength loss in the range of five to ten percent after one year of their transition with these differences no longer apparent after two years therefore based on the current scientific literature it would be justified for meaningful competition and to prioritize fairness the trans women be permitted to compete in elite archery after two years. <clears throat> Similarly, it would be justified in terms of shooting 
to priorit- of shooting in- to prioritize inclusion and allow trans women after one year, given that only uh, negligible advantage that trans women may have superior is the visio-spatial coordination. The impact of this considered integration of trans women in elite sports, such as archery and shooting, could be monitored and lessons learned from other sports, especially where there's no safety concerns with contact from an opponent, right? So that's very interesting too. Archery and shooting in the Olympics are completely different than say boxing or wrestling or rugby in terms of elite sport, right? Because of the contact and concerns of safety with your opponent. So it's not only just about making this like overarching theme where one size fits all for every sport. We can't do that because we're not thinking about the nuances and the complications and the differences between each sport how long after the transition happened, when you transitioned, was it before or after puberty? And all of those things must take into account. And is it a trans woman, trans man? All of these things are, I mean, we're we're kind of specifically talking about the trans woman here because it's very complicated in terms of um, being born as a man with that physiology and that biology and that structure and that testosterone and going through puberty that way and then transitioning to a woman being a trans woman and then trying to enter women's sports is really the conversation here that's where the inclusion the fairness and the safety go in hand and so That's really a complicated subject, but then you can get even more into the weeds about it by thinking about different sport types, contact sports, non-contact sports. What are the advantages? How can you see that play over the long run? And how can we give everyone a fair shot at becoming an elite member of sport, right? So when you think about elite sports, the idea of fairness is that everyone on earth has the ability to reach the highest level of sport, you know, barring some other things that might happen in your life. But just generally speaking, everyone, man, woman, when you're born, have the ability to reach elite level of sport, to become a professional athlete, Olympic athlete, a very high level athlete. But very few people do. Okay, people get cut from the team. People don't make the team. People aren't good enough. All of these things happen on a regular basis, but they were given, hopefully, a fair shot to make the team, right? But they have to practice, train, be deliberate and intense, right? Body, craft, mind, body, craft, mind. Three things you can train as a human. There's only three things you can train as a human, your body, your craft, and your mind. And you have to be deliberate and intense and consistent on your body, your craft, and your mind if you want to reach an elite level. Not everyone just starts playing baseball and they're given a Division I scholarship. No, you have to go out and you have to earn it. It takes hard work. It takes effort. It takes dedication. It takes sacrifice. It almost takes a slight obsession for your sport to make it to an elite level. So what's fair about that is that everyone can put in the work. No one's stopping you from putting in the work. No one's stopping you from putting in the work except for you. You're stopping you from putting in the work because you don't want to do it. You don't feel like it, right? And that's fine. That's fine. Not everyone has that fire in their belly 
that undeniable passion and persistence to attain one single focus goal, which is what you have to have when chasing a dream of playing an elite sport. So it's fair because everyone has that opportunity to grind, to get after it, to do the thing they say they're gonna do, which is become that athlete, get that scholarship, make that Olympic team, right? Of course, there's some downsides and there's some dark side to that stuff, which I've talked on previous episodes. I'm not gonna go into now, I may go into on another episode. There is a dark side to be trying to become the best in the world. There is a dark side and we cannot forget that dark side or the downsides or the things that may happen to us when trying to become the best in the world at something or trying to be elite at something. But everyone has that ability, that innate ability, that untapped infinite potential to go after what they want at a very, very high level. That's why it's fair, it's fair. But if you're not good enough, you don't make the team. That doesn't mean that your value is less, doesn't mean you're, you're worthless. No, that means you're, you're still a very capable, worthy human who's enough. You just didn't happen to be good enough at that specific sport. It doesn't mean that you can't go out and find your calling, find your purpose, find your passion in something different, but you have to be the best of the best to play at elite sport. Not everyone gets on the team, not everyone gets the job, not everyone gets to play. Okay? The fairness part is that everyone who is getting a shot gets a fair and impartial shot with no favoritism and no discrimination, that everyone has an equal opportunity to, an equal opportunity to present them best selves. And then if they didn't present them best selves, work hard, get after it, train, what needs work, how can you improve, how can you get better, what can you do for your body, your craft, and your mind to elevate your game so you can come back to that tryout or that showcase or whatever it is or that next game and present your best version of you and make that team or earn that starting spot or get that scholarship, whatever it is. And so that's what's very important about elite sport. That's why this conversation is extremely important because you still have to be good enough at what you do. And so if you were born a man with those physical and biological and physiological traits, then you're getting a leg up on the competition. You're getting an already given advantage that you didn't have to work as hard for as those that were grinding from when the time they were three to now when they're at this elite level training. And so we have to think about those things. It's about people's livelihood. We're talking about real human beings here, real, delicate, precious, valuable human beings. No matter what side you're on, no matter if you're a trans, a woman, it doesn't matter. You're still a real, valuable, precious human being. And so that's why we have to take the time to think about these things very, very deeply, very deeply, so that we can do what's best for the people that live on this planet because we're all human beings and we want to do the best we can. I'm trying to do the best I can by reading and sharing and presenting this information and then so you can take it on your own life because you don't know what's gonna come up. You don't know who is gonna enter your life and what kind of situations you're gonna have, what kind of decisions you're gonna have to make, but hopefully you make them with care, with compassion, with kindness, with generosity, with curiosity, with understanding and compassion in your heart. Because we're talking about a complicated subject that's very, very brand new. But I wanted to make that point about trying to become the best in the world, trying to become elite, because not everyone gets handed that professional ticket. You don't get handed the job. You don't get handed a spot on the roster. 
You don't get handed a scholarship. You have to work for it endlessly, day in and day out. And then you may still not get it. And what do you do then when you're in the trenches? Do you climb yourself back out and keep moving forward because this is where you know what you want to do? Or do you give up and try something else? Because giving up is like, it's, it's a challenging word, right? But sometimes that's the right thing to do is to quit it. Sometimes it's to grit it out. Sometimes it's to quit. Sometimes it's to grit it out. You have to make that decision for yourself in your own life. But if you're quitting to do something that's less hard, then you're giving up on yourself. But if you're quitting to just kind of move lateral domains into something that's just as hard and you're going to work just as hard at it, but you feel like it's your true calling, then that's what you're doing and that's important and that's valuable. But you have to be aiming at something higher than yourself. You have to have the sense of purpose and passion and what really brings fire in your belly. And if that's chasing a spot in elite sport, if that's trying to become the best in the world, great. And then hopefully the society and the sporting environment is conducive to that, gives out equal opportunity, equal opportunity, and is fair when it comes to that. And then we have the best of the best based on merit and skill and talent and character having these elite sports spots and then adding this other complex and nuanced subject of trans athletes into the mix and thinking about it in a wide variety of ways to come out with the best decision that's possible. The best possible decision and situation for everyone involved. Hopefully there's a little more data, there's some science, there's some research being done. We're not ignoring evolution, we're not ignoring biology, we're not ignoring physiology, but we are thinking about the human that we're talking about because the human is the most important thing. The person is precious and valuable and we have to think about them first and how we can integrate some of these things to make it the best it possibly can be. So you're thinking about inclusion, you're thinking about fairness, and you're thinking about safety in mixed with all these other ideas and these facts that we can think about when trying to make these decisions. <clears throat> and so I just wanted to share that. It's been on my brain, I've been thinking about it. And I wanted to talk about it. <clears throat> I kind of, well, it's the point, right? I just went on a little rant, a little tangent, uh, a little rumble because I'm passionate about some of these subjects and um, I want to motivate people to have some understanding, to have curiosity, to, to think about the human that they're talking about, right? Think about the person that's there, that precious, valuable, beautiful human that's in front of them or that they're looking at on TV or they're just like throwing these abstract terrible things about, right? You have to think about the person first. That's why we have to get to into the weeds of this stuff and really come out with something that's the best for everyone. Now, not everyone's going to be happy. That's sort of impossible. It's, in, it's impossible with very delicate, hard, complicated, nuanced topics that are basically brand new. Not everyone's going to be happy, but we can do the best we can. And then when we do the best we can, we can express it that way. And then try and lean into more dialogue, more conversation, more understanding to sort of get to this common ground and pull on that thread. And so we can all <clears throat> live our best lives and be our best selves and live our most authentic lives. And I think that's very important. So I'm going to wrap that up there. Thank you for listening. This is episode 130 of Jackson Talks, everybody. The last episode of 2022. So I'm pumped to bring you guys with me on the journey in 2023 to drop many more episodes with many more guests, with many more conversations. And thank you for being on this journey with me. I really, really appreciate it. Remember, you can get Jackson Talks Everybody merch at shopforeverybody.com. And you can sign up for our exclusive community where we release one episode a month 
on patreon.com slash Jackson Stone. And uh, please don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give us a review or rating on Spotify and Apple and share the pod with a friend. It really helps us out. Thank you so much. But most importantly, of all these things that I said, please, please take good care of yourselves and others. Lots of love. I'll see you next time.